Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hey, happy Sunday morning, everybody. It's nice out there, low-key today. Hey, Rashad's here. He is here. He, he didn't think he was going to be, but... No. Not Daddy's, Daddy's home. A little third, little third person right there. He didn't think he was going to be talking well, about Well, yeah, him. I'm just saying. You know, so... He's here, ladies and gentlemen. I... Mostly gentlemen. Jesse didn't think you were going to be here either. You didn't? No. He's doing the third person. Well, shame on you, Jesse. Well, shame on you, Lance. So here, here's what happened. He's here. 6.30 a.m. I wake up, which is earlier for me, on a, on a Sunday. I don't know why I woke up. I just woke up. and I Light got, piercing through your light or through your windows. Basically, probably. It was actually pretty bright out. I was surprised. Um, I wake up and I have a text from Rashad. And it said like two hours ago. Well, it was. I'm looking now. It was at 5.30 a.m. And it said, hey, I think I have a sinus infection. I'm not going to be able to come in. I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's cool. Thanks for you know letting us know early enough, at least. So I come in super early, actually, for for what I normally do. I was here at like seven forty-five today. Why? Because I had to prep for a solo show. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was, you know, I that's a lot more talking. It's a lot more research. Phil, you gotta have like force. So I was, I was sitting here. I was reading some draft stuff. I was talking to Jesse about draft stuff. I actually beat Jesse, Jesse here, which never happens. Um, and uh, I'm like, okay, let's let's go. I got the show ready. We get a text at like 8.45. It's like, hey, I'm on my way. Yeah, man. And I'm like, what? How are you going to get here on time? Well, he did. I'll be he here. He was here at 8.57. Yeah. But he got here on time. No, I looked at my uh, my Google Maps to see and what's the easiest way to get there right now and what's going to be the quickest. I saw a way that said 17 minutes. I'll go that way. What way did it take you? Did it take you side roads or were you just highways? No, it just took you down, Powell. Um, you know, I live on 148th, yeah. like between Division and Powell. So I just went straight down Powell, and you'll go all the way the across the Ross Island and turn there right, right there. Nobody's on the road right now, so it was relatively easy. So well, shout out to Google Maps. I'm glad you're here because it uh, makes the show a lot easier, a lot more fun. And um, I'm glad to be here, Lynch. I have a now, – now I have someone – and a third voice to counterpoint about the NFL draft because we know Jesse knows his stuff, and we know he's going to come with hot NFL draft takes. I'm not going to be talking a lot about the Broncos because we did that off the air, and that's not necessarily what people here want to hear. Although, although something quasi-relevant did happen to your Broncos, and it has some, you know, some state ties. So 
That's pretty good. Oh, we will be talking about that. Yes. Um, Royce Freeman got drafted by the Broncos. Uh, we'll talk about that for sure. We'll talk about him and Crosby, but uh, Jesse and I spent like 20 minutes talking about the Broncos draft. And of course, uh, he's been listening to Denver sports radio a lot about it and has been hearing all the hot takes. So uh, we got that out of the system. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about draft wise though. Um, honestly, I wrote down so many little notes I want to get to that we can honestly do the whole show on the draft. We don't have, we, we might not, but we could just keep going and going and going. I want to talk about the quarterbacks. Obviously uh, that was the big story going into the draft and you had five of them drafted in the first round. Barely. Um, Two of them were really, really iffy picks, in my opinion. Three of them were great picks, in my opinion, in terms of value. So we'll talk about that. Uh, I have a question about the running back position and Saquon Barkley going number two overall. I have many friends who are Giants fans who are pissed about that draft pick, Um, not because of Barkley, but for other reasons. So we'll talk about that. Is the wide receiver position now undervalued or is it being devalued because we didn't see a lot of receivers go high in the draft or in the first round at all. Just a couple uh, saw a lot of the top guys wait until the second day to get drafted. Uh, I'm going to talk about the two ducks who got drafted in, in Royce Freeman and Tyrell Crosby. I wanted to talk about no beavers getting drafted, which breaks the streak of, I want to say it was like 17 straight years where a beaver was drafted in the, in the, in the actual seven rounds. Best worst drafts. I want to ask what on earth the Browns were doing at the top of the draft because they just browned it like crazy. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff to get to, and honestly, I feel like that could take a full show. It, I'm not, I haven't take been this interested in a draft in in years. See, I think and I think that's where we're a little opposite. Like outside of the the, the quarterback conversation, I wasn't very interested at all. You know, in the draft. You know, I I think at a point it just it becomes kind of overkill. Well, and, I mean, you I know, don't. You've been you've literally been talking about the draft for like three, four months, like, literally every day, and it's the same guys. And then, like, the day before, literally the day before the draft, well, wait a minute, Cleveland might be interested in Baker Mayfield. And it was like, okay, so if anything happens, usually the few days before the draft, that's actually kind of cool. But, I mean, I guess shout-out to the NFL for ruining Baker Mayfield's career, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That was the very first thing I said. I was like, his career's over before it began. Before it even starts. And I said, it's it's a mean, cruel joke by the NFL because they don't like him or they think he's like Johnny Manziel or whatever, and so they're going to ruin that young man's career early. It's sad. Well, we'll we'll get to all that. Don't worry. I don't want to break too early into into the stuff that we've got planned. Um, Also on the show today, if we get to it, I do want to talk some NBA playoffs. I really want to ask a question, multiple questions about the – Oklahoma City Thunder, which are in a really interesting situation right now. The question of Russell Westbrook's amazing, but do people really want to play with Russell Westbrook? And the question of Carmelo Anthony's comments, are they warranted? Are they true? Are they sour grapes by him? Also, Paul George's future, is he actually going to stay with the Thunder like he says he's going to? I don't think he is. Um, Plus, he kind of completely disappeared in game six against the Jazz. So... We'll talk about that. There's also the round two series getting underway. And someone just texted this in. Can we get a full segment on D.D. Gregorius, please? I mean, I'd love to. <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, no, you don't want to? We can get a couple minutes on the, the early at the, American at the, League MVP. At the, end of the, uh, at the end of the show, if you flinch wins, yes, we can have a full three minutes on him. <laughs> <laughs> what about, like, right now when we have a couple minutes till we got a break? Huh? Uh, Want to give D.D. Gregorius a little? Uh, hmm? I mean... <laughs> Sure. 
<laughs> you you know, excited. come on, have yeah. some backbone and stand up to your host. <laughs> yeah, go, go for it, man. <laughs> yeah, I like how you say that, and he just goes, okay, yeah, go you can do it. it. Um, have you followed, have you paid attention to any baseball yet at all, Rashad? Uh, I know you hate baseball. And it's April? No. Mm-hmm. No, I have not. First month of the season? Yeah. yeah, no, I have not. Not even a little bit. Do you know who Didi Gregorius is? Uh, oh, uh, he no. plays for the Mariners? No, no, I don't. I've, I've. He plays for the Yankees, mind you. I don't. I don't pay attention. Like I said, until let's say maybe July, you know, somewhere around but there. Then you don't really pay attention. Anymore. Well, no, I mean it's just it's. There's so many games. That's what makes and, it fun. Baby. You know, you've seen guys in baseball teams start really hot in baseball and then just fizzle by, shoot, June, middle of June. You know, we see we see it a lot. If you're a Mariner fan, you, you see it probably once every year and a half, every two years. So well. I will give a little love to Didi Gregorius before we break and get to the NFL draft. He is the front runner for American League MVP early in the season. Not that that means anything. Well, that's nice. He is my favorite player and has been for two years now. And uh, he is hitting 356 with 10 home runs and 30 RBIs with a 451 on base percentage. He's on base almost half the time. Man. And he's a shortstop who is not a power hitting guy. So. Hmm. Short stops, you know, they're always going to be your best, your best athlete. Not always, but in most instances, like I can remember, usually the coldest player being a shortstop. Well, that was, there was a time when the shortstop position was quite uh, star-studded. Mm-hmm. A Rod, Jeter, um, Miguel Tejada, Nomar no Garcia Para, yeah. uh, it's Edgar Renteria, et cetera. There's a lot of really good shortstops in the game, um, but. Didi is a guy who gets absolutely no love ever. He is never considered one of the top shortstops. You know, that goes to guys like Carlos Correa on the Astros or Corey Seager on the Dodgers. But he is absolutely hitting out of his mind, and he's clutch. He's hit like three game-winning home runs or take home runs that gave the, the Yanks the lead at the end of a game. In the last, like, week, he's amazing, and I'm in love with him. Well, wow, I am. Un, I am strong feelings, man. But I am. Yeah, he is unashamed by my love. You know, there is. If there is any team that you know was, was going to draw eyes, be it good or bad, it's it's definitely the pinstripes. And so they're getting. A lot he's going to be. A, he's going to be one of those guys. It sounds like that's going to be in the mix for most of the year. Now, here's my question, like for you, because I don't know who Didi Vergara is. What's his name? Not his name. name. Huh? <laughs> Gregorius. 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 Oh, okay. He's from Curacao. He's actually from the Netherlands, but he's from Curacao. That's where he grew up. Yeah, see, I don't, he's like Dutch. I said, I don't know anything uh, about this kid. <laughs> Sounds cold, though, so I'm going to look him up. Mind you, it's just one of those things. I, I don't really pay any attention to baseball right now. It's just, it's, there's the season's just too damn long. Mm. And I've watched too many games. And I'm super proud of myself. I've watched every Yankee game except for one this year. And that one was because I couldn't. I was traveling. I've made a point to watch every single game, and I'm going to try really hard to watch every game this year. And it was the thing, and I, I talked about this during Hunt for the Host. It's just I, it's just hard to relate. Now, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things, man. There aren't <sighs> baseball is just not a huge sport no. in the the neighborhood that I grew up. Mind you, when we were kids, man, everybody played. But as we got older, it's just kind of one of those things, man. It's it's. It's just not as not as important. It's not football. It's not basketball. Although it is incredibly you know popular here in the states, but man, baseball is doing great. Like a lot of people, and I, I am included in this. A lot of people have a little bit of a worry about the future of baseball regionally. Maybe not here, not yet, at least until we get a team. Hopefully, cross your fingers. Um, 
we haven't talked about that yet either. We should talk about that at some point, either this week or maybe next week. But um, regionally, it's doing great. Ratings are through the roof in, in regional areas where they have teams. Um, people are watching their teams. So there, there's a worry that the young crowd isn't watching baseball, but at least numbers-wise, mm-hmm. people are watching baseball. So, yeah. all right, that's it. That's all, that's my little Didi Gregorius segment. I love it. I love him. Um, I remember last year during primetime, it was in, late in the season, I, I talked in the areas. I was like, Didi is so good. And they're like, no, he's not. I'm like, yes, yes, he is. And here we go. He's hitting almost 360. Well, so There you go. All right, coming up next, we will dive in to the NFL draft. And we will start with the quarterbacks who were taken in the first round. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 916 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad with you. Jesse is here as well. I didn't mention our text line or anything. It's uh, 55305 if you'd like to text in. Our Twitters are at Tanita the Fans Station. I'm at Mike Lynch 27. Uh, you'll see a lot of D. Gregorius love on there recently. Uh, Rashad's at TaylorMade503 and Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A S Z M A N. A lot to get to with the NFL draft, and I will start with the most talked about part of the draft for the past two months plus the past couple of days is the quarterback position. Uh, you had five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Baker Mayfield went number one overall to the Cleveland Browns. It was reported on Thursday that the that he was going to be the pick, and that was correct. It was, it was a correct report. No smokescreen there. Sam Darnold went three to the Jets. Josh Allen went seven to the Bills, who traded up to get him. Josh Rosen went 10 to the Cardinals, who traded up to get him. And Lamar Jackson went 32 to the Ravens, who traded up to get him. Um, out of those five quarterbacks taken in the first round, I loved three of the picks, and I really didn't like two of the picks. Um, you want to start with the loves or the hates? Uh, let's start with some love. All right. Sam Darnold, three to the Jets, is a home run pick. Sam Darnold, to me, was the best quarterback in the draft. Uh, was close with a lot of those guys at the top. And, of course, Sam Darnold has his issues. He had a lot of turnover problems. Uh, granted, USC's offensive line was really bad because it, it was injured last year. But there was concerns about his ability to, to hold on to the football consistently. But in terms of, A, the intangibles that everyone always loves, you know, size, arm strength, all that, he has that. But to me, he also appears to have that extra it factor of he's accurate and I think he can make a team better as being a good like leader quarterback. Um, so get, the Jets getting him at number three, having the, in my opinion, the number one quarterback fall to your lap past two teams who also needed quarterbacks, I think is a super huge win for the Jets, and they should be completely thrilled that they got Darnold at number three. I I, I have to agree with you. Um, <clears throat> Darnold, four or five days ago, was considered the number one quarterback in the draft and is going to go first overall to Cleveland. If we're talking about um, Mayfield's career being ruined, man, how happy was he to find out that they wanted <laughs> they wanted Mayfield instead of him? Like, man, yes, thank you, yes, take him, bye, peace. Like, Not I don't want to have anything to better, do with you. The Jets aren't much better, but at least the Jets have shown last time in the past. The quarterback they made two straight AFC championships. There you go. You know, and I mean, <laughs> the I mean, albeit it's butt fumble, but still, you know, they were still able to do something. So. Uh, 
the Jets are a much more competent franchise than the Browns. Let's go ahead and say that. The Jets, at least in the past two years, have had some success. You know, I think Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall, when they were there, broke the uh, re- uh, receiving touchdown record during that season. Uh, they've been at least close to the playoffs. Like last year, we thought they were supposed to be completely tanking. They end up having a okay season. So uh, you throw in somebody like Sam Darnold, who... I mean, uh, for all for my money, he's the best quarterback in this draft. The one thing Sam Darnold does, and people talk a lot about the turnovers in college, like you, you throw a lot of your receivers open, like they don't get open on their own. Like NFL, he's going to mess with a lot of receivers that can get themselves open and can make plays for themselves. So he's not going to have as many turnovers. You know, you look at somebody like uh, um, Jameis Winston, college that was just he was a turnover machine this year. Not as many. Why? Because man, Mike Evans is a stud. And he's getting he knows, better too. Yeah, he's and, and as he gets better. So I don't think the turnovers like that are, are issue. Like fumbles, they might be an issue immediately. Yes, because when you first make the transition, it's really difficult. yes. But something like fumbles, like Mariota, doesn't seem like he's ever really recovered from fumbleitis. You know, and I, I think that's the one thing. If you're looking at anything, I'm not so much concerned about the interceptions that he throws. That means you've got a quarterback that's trying to make a play. I have no problem with that. And as a quarterback, as a coach, or as fans, you got to understand, if you have a guy like that, you got to live with some turnovers, man. If you have Brett Favre, unfortunately, like for him to get those three touchdowns, he's going to throw one or two picks. So you're going to have to deal with that sometimes. So I love that pick. That's love number one. Love number two is Josh Rosen of the Cardinals at 10. They traded up to get him. Josh Rosen, not by me or any anything, but from what I had read, was considered by many to be the top quarterback in the draft. And he fell to 10 for, I guess, perceived personality issues. Um, he's a guy, or, or maybe perceived softness, even. Hey. Remember, at UCLA, he stopped playing, and Jim Mora almost called him out for not playing. Um, they were saying due to a concussion. They also have the personality issues is he's outspoken, um, and he's – He's a personality. So I guess he fell because of those reasons. He's also a guy that you're worried is not going to be able to take a hit. Um, he's That's the perceived soft. He, yeah, well, it's not just soft. I mean, he's Braille. legitimately, like, I mean, what was it? It wasn't last year. It was coming into last year. I think it was his sophomore year. Um, they legitimately were worried he was never going to be able to play football again because of a shoulder injury. He's And he's had multiple concussions. So it's kind of one of those things, if he has one more concussion, is he going to be able to keep playing? Is the shoulder injury going to be able to hold up? It, it, it's He's he's had major injuries in college. So you're wondering, is this how long is it, his career going to be in the pros? That is that a, was the, that's a fair concern. That was my number one concern. That's a fair concern. But I think at 10... The value of a guy who could have gone number one is huge yes. for a team that needed a quarterback in the Cardinals. They got what I would consider the worst quarterback of the free agent group in Sam Bradford because Sam Bradford can't stay healthy. Correct. Um, so they went and got Josh Rosen and traded up for it, and I loved that pick. And I I know some people might not feel this way. I loved that Josh Rosen was PO'd after getting drafted. Oh, my gosh. It was the best part of the night. Yeah, when he said those nine teams are going to rue the day that they did not draft me and the let me fall to 10. That's awesome. And it to if it's not all bluster, if he's actually going to use it as that surefire motivation to to beat the hell out of those nine teams when he plays them or just to, to prove them all wrong, that's awesome. And you're going to get an even better, more hardworking quarterback than you thought because he's really angry about how far he fell. He could have gotten number one. Could have. And he fell to 10. So I, I, I like that pick a lot. 
I was really, it showed me a lot of passion. You know, the one thing we keep talking about with Rosen is, well, does he have the passion to play? Well, we don't talk about it. I think, you know, we've seen him play in the, the Pac-12, so we know he's got the passion to play. But, you know, is he a leader? You know, does his his background from uh, as have, having parents that are well-off, does that matter? And I'm like, well, that has nothing to, once you strap up and go out there on that field, none of that matters. They're probably going to try to hit you harder because you come from a rich family. Well, none of, none of that stuff matters. Josh Rosen is the ultimate competitor. And for him to come out there and say, there, there were nine mistakes made ahead of me. That's exactly what you want from your quarterback. That's exactly what you want from the guy that is going to lead your franchise. Like, it bur- to this day, it burns Brady that he went 199th overall. Like, that's something like well, I saw a documentary he had on, on NFL Network, and he cried, like, about, and this is, this is after the Super Bowls and the MVPs. Like, he cried about, man, remembering what it felt like to be 199th overall. Now, mind you, Josh Rosen isn't, didn't fall that far down. There you but go. for him, he believes that, man, I'm number one. I am the ultimate alpha. I should be the, the first quarterback off the board. And the fact that he wasn't, he's the third one to come off the board. Oh, yeah, he's going to be pissed about that. I, I don't know. I, th- this is where I'm going to disagree with you guys. Is that I can see that being something you want out of your running back or a wide receiver, something like that. Um, a quarterback, I want more of a measured um, response. I want a more mature response. And I, as, as passionate as that sounds, not nine other teams are going to rue the day. I want, this is the best situation for me. The Arizona Cardinals are a great organization. They're, they are, it's not the other teams are going to rue the day. The Arizona Cardinals are going to, this is the day they're going to remember for the rest of the franchise's history because this is the day they got a quarterback that's going to lead them for the next 18 years and is going to get I mean, those it, championships because that's more of the response that you got from a guy like Lamar Jackson who is like, these guys are going to get championships from me. He he still gave you the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pissed I fell, and that guy had more reason to be pissed, saying, oh, you got to be a wide receiver, and you, you fell all the way to the very end of the draft. But uh, you felt 10th. You have legitimate issues. You have legitimate concerns. You should acknowledge those in a measured response as opposed to being like, none of the teams are going to do the day. I think to me, what Lamar Jackson said is the same thing that Josh Rosen said, just from a different personality. Um, and I get where you're coming from, Jesse, with that. It, it doesn't appear as professional. But I think maybe I'm a sucker for guys who are themselves to the, in, to the media and they're not just doing the, the generic what they think they should say thing. But that's a problem at the quarterback position. There's one position where you have to be measured. You have to think about what you're going to say. You have to it, – like yeah, it, it's a different position. And, and, and I guess what I'm saying is, yes, you can say the same thing, but say it in a different way. I see. I think that's kind of – you know, that can be kind of – that's plastic low-key just because here's – I want an honest response. Like, I mean, we see from our – the one thing we always know is our quarterback, our quarterbacks and athletes in general just give you what you want to hear. Here's the fluff. I'm Russell Wilson. Here's the fluff. And, man, there's nothing wrong, you know, despite all the things, things that you guys think are going, man, everything's fine here. Like, no, but, man. I mean, I, I understand not like Aaron, throwing your team Aaron Rodgers has way more of a he talks his mind versus the measured response. Or even Ben Roethlisberger does this too. He talks his mind more than than the measured response, and it worked out fine for them. It doesn't. I, I guess. I mean, to be measured. I, 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 no, you don't. Uh, the, I guess what I'm saying is, and but you're also, what I'm saying is, you can say the same thing, but you can say it in a more professional manner. That's all I'm saying. You can say it in a better way, but say the same thing. Not lying. Not saying you don't say the truth. Say it in a better way. 
And I think Lamar Jackson uh, said the same thing, but he said it in a slightly better way. I don't know. Now, I, and part of it is also, too, we talked about this before the show, is the body language. His body language, as much as I, I'm, the, I'm the number one guy that's in the corner of Jay Cutler on this show, his body language screamed of Jay Cutler. That that just screams of Jay Cutler, and that's the number one complaint about that guy. That guy can't be a leader. Look at his look at the way he leads his team. Look at his like look that, that guy was slumped over. And, I don't know. I just <laughs> the, there was there's something about his attitude, and I can understand why people didn't like it and didn't want it around their their locker room. I, I mean, I think we're kind of we're kind of going in circles because we're kind of saying the same thing. Um, I just I I I view saying that in a more professional manner as censoring yourself. Like if you It's not as being a professional. But if you if you feel a certain I look, I'm telling you this, I hate canned athlete responses. It is one of my biggest pet peeves. So I'm not saying what, I know, I know. But to me, if that's not what you were planning on saying and you say something different, it's canned because it's it's not what you felt. It, but I want 100% of what you feel out there for my athletes. That's what I want. So Josh Rosen did that. Lamar Jackson did it, and maybe he did it in a way that he would have said it no matter what. But if he sat there and thought, I need to change how I say this because I'm really annoyed that I almost didn't get drafted on day one, then that kind of sucks. You know, I, I want them to be able to feel like they can say what they want and not have it come back. And you hurt want that. Yes. Rashad wants that. I think it's fun. It's great to talk about. But the question is, does John Elway want that, right? Does – I mean – does Tom Coughlin want that? No, they want guys that are going to they be want robots. Yeah, but Elway wasn't a guy that was just gave you the robot answer. You know, he was he was also you know another one of those guys that spoke. No, no, it was never on a disrespectful. Things tip, are but, different now. But uh, um, but things um, are different than they were true. ten years ago. Let alone when John Elway was. No, no, I, and I and I totally get it. You know, with with social media and all that stuff. But this is who Josh Rosen is, and I'll say and this: social media has been a problem. This for is Rosen. authentic. You know, this is just who he's been since he's. So I know it's at least it's at least him. Um, we have this thing about what a leader is supposed to look like. The leader of your team has to be the quarterback. Why? Like, I mean, maybe Ray Lewis wasn't the leader of the, and I don't, I don't like Ray Lewis, can't stand him, but he wasn't the leader of the Ravens. I mean, was it him or Flacco? Uh, uh, Flacco not, was the leader of the offense, yes. But you don't have to, the, we have this thing that the quarterback has to be the leader of your team. And that's not true. He has to be the captain of your offense outside of that. Hell, even Steve Smith might have been their uh, captain when he got you there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's face it. it what, whether he it's Eric Reed or not, like it, it's typically Joe Flacco up there taking the the heat. It's it the quarterback is the face of your franchise, no matter what, and the quarterback is treated differently than every other player on the field. There are rules specifically to keep them upright, to keep them healthy, to keep them in the game, and there are very few of them out there. And you have to act a different way as the quarterback. It's the same thing as you're going into. Um, interview for a, a managerial position. You have to act differently. Whether you, the uh, owner doesn't want you to speak your mind constantly. That's an, one reason why I've never been promoted. <laughs> I mean, I am more than willing to speak my mind um, because I think I'm right most of the time. So, but but owners, GMs, coaches don't like that. They want a hard worker that's going to come in, watch film, that understands what their role is in front of the media. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, the three other quarterbacks we haven't talked about yet. <laughs> One more I love in two of the picks that I hate. Um, here's Jesse with SportsCenter.
Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. Practice. One of the great rants. And, oh, yeah. And really, you know, they, they never talk about that, you know, AI had lost some. He's one of his good friends, like, you know, the day before, which is why he missed the practice and all type of stuff. So they don't ever show that part of the interview where he talks about why he missed it. So the all rest right. of it is golden. Though. Like I said, this, this draft stuff could literally take up the whole show. So let's get to the rest of the quarterback stuff. The last quarterback uh, pick from the first round that I loved was Lamar Jackson. He went final pick of the round, 32, to the Ravens, who traded up to get him. Uh, I was very surprised the Saints did not take him. Um with the, I think it was the 16th or 17th pick they traded up for. They traded a, a lot for that pick. And I'm like, okay, here goes Lamar Jackson. He's going to learn behind Drew Brees. He's going to learn under Sean Payton, who's an offensive genius. A perfect fit for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Because um, he's not ready right away, I don't think. He needs a year or two for sure. But I think he can be really, really good in this league. And he, uh, he instead goes to the Ravens at 32, which I don't think is the best situation for him. I thought either Steelers or Saints would be the best situation for him, especially because those two have quarterbacks who are likely going to leave soon in Breeze and Roethlisberger. Steelers wound up taking Mason Rudolph a little bit later in the draft, which is a good pick for them. Uh, but I think the Ravens is a good situation. You're behind Joe Flacco, who may not be the quarterback for much longer, but he's a solid quarterback. You've got a a... a solid coaching staff that's been there for a while led by John Harbaugh and you you have a basically a winning culture there so I think you could you could get a, a good amount out of Lamar Jackson if he sits for a year or two and, and learns and I love the value of that pick because I, I thought he could have gone 15 and he went 32 I um I personally think this is a this is a great situation for him you know to be there um I don't really I think you could have learned a lot from Drew Brees sitting behind him for a couple of years or a year, however long Drew Brees is going to be there. I think you could have learned a lot from Big Ben. Um, but I think the one thing he's going to learn from Flacco is um, how to be patient. You know, Flacco coming into the to his uh, career was more of a game manager. And really, in a lot of ways, he still kind of is uh, a game manager. But Flacco is... You know, a guy that's won a Super Bowl. He's a guy that can make every throw if he has the right, right receivers in place to do that. So I think having him really show him how to what the playbook is and uh, how to escape in certain situations. You add some of that kind of game management skills that uh, that he has and pair it with Lamar Jackson's athleticism. Like all of a sudden you've got Alex Smith, you know, times two. That's why I think his, that's his NFL comparison uh, in my eyes. It's Alex Smith. It's not going to be a guy that's going to, sh you know, shred you all day with, you know, pinpoint passes like Rosen or something like that. But he's going to check down a whole lot. He's going to surprise you with a couple deep balls. And then when you're not paying attention and you got all the receivers and everybody covered, he's going to take off on you for 12 or 13 yards. I don't see him exactly as an Alex Smith just because I feel like he's got so much more potential than Alex Smith did. I mean, if he if he fully realizes his potential, yeah, I, I'm he's having Michael Vick with an arm. Well, yeah. but he but that's he's not Mike Vick because he has an arm. Like I'm trying to find a comparison, and I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there's a guy who has an arm like he does who was also able to run like he does. I'm trying to think. Like I mean, I guess Roethlisberger ran a little bit when he was thinner and younger. Um, he could at least. 
I mean, Alex Smith can run, so I mean, it, it is a decent comparison, but he doesn't, he can't throw the ball deep. Well, well mind you, remember Alex Smith was the first overall draft pick, so they were expecting him to be that guy to throw the ball deep, you know, and it just, it just didn't really work out like that for him. I, I'm just, I can't really, maybe someone on the text line will think of a good comparison, at least off the top of my head, I'm having trouble thinking of one, but um, I think he, he has the potential to be a really unique talent, and I think getting him last pick of the first round's got so much value in it. Now, the two picks I hate. Baker Mayfield, number one to the Browns. Hate it. And here's why. Actually, it has less to do with Baker Mayfield. I think he could be a very good quarterback. But when you have the number one pick of the draft with one of the best quarterback drafts we've seen in a long time, and you take the guy who has potentially the biggest bust potential, potentially potential, has, has potentially the biggest bust chance out of all of them with the number one overall pick, a guy who until midway through his last season was not even a drafted guy or what was no, or at least like was a fourth or fifth round guy and all of a sudden you take him number 1 that's a little bit scary to me i see the potential with baker mayfield but i see the risks too and for a team like the browns who has never been able to develop a quarterback since they've started trying in the late 90s you're going to go ahead and take a guy who needs some development and has a lot of risk factors with it in terms of his style of play. I'm not even talking about off the field, which to me is not a lot. He's he's kind of like I get people compare him to Johnny Manziel. That to me is more on the field than off the field. He's he's a he's a guy who just kind of does random things because he wants to in the backfield. He just he just spins in a circle and he throws the ball. That's why I compare him to Johnny Manziel more. I think he's a better thrower than he is, but. Than Manziel was, but I just I don't like the pick. It seemed it seemed like a big risk to take number one overall to me. Um, it was strange. Um, it's intriguing. I like Baker Mayfield, and like I was talking about at the top of the show, I feel bad for him now because it's almost like you 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 haven't been. He's not going to be given a chance to grow because he plays for the Browns. Um, They'll probably take somebody number one again next year. Well, remember, they have Tyrod Taylor, too. And Tyrod is there. And is Tyrod really the guy you want to learn how to play quarterback from? Tyrod's a solid quarterback. He's a good quarterback. But, you know, it's really about coaching and culture. And those are two things the Browns have never put into place or haven't had in place uh, since Belichick was maybe there. And so... I don't know, man. I feel bad for him because, I mind you, if you're Sam Darnold, you're I like, I would have felt bad yes. for any quarterback that went to the Browns. If you're Sam Darnold, man, yes. F yes, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Like, I'm writing them a letter, a nice little letter. I'm sending them a gift basket with some wines and cheeses in there because I am so grateful that I don't have to play for your franchise. Instead, I get to move to New York and, and be a Jet. Like, if you're, the Browns have figured out ways to mess this up, and I feel like this is Baker Mayfield is just the next – quarterback in the, in the long line of inept quarterbacks for the Browns. Hopefully we're wrong. Uh, I'd love to see the Browns actually have some success at quarterback. It's funny to make fun of them, but it's not it be, though. wouldn't it be kind of cool to see the Browns succeed yes. with their draft picks? Listen, the Honestly, Browns I have some like of the coolest the jerseys. Over the face. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Man, I love Browns jerseys, man. I don't know why, but that orange and brown is super fresh to me. Uh, it's, it's, it's real classic, so Man, the Browns are one of those teams that they're like the lovable losers. You know, I don't think anybody actually has a problem with the Browns. Like, I mean, you guys are Broncos fans. I'm a Patriots fan. When you meet somebody and say, who's your team? You say, oh, Broncos. Oh, man, you like the – there's usually some pushback. When you meet a Browns fan, it's like, oh, really? 
Okay. Well, look at you. You're a really supportive fan. Look at you. Clowns, Chargers, you know, just certain teams where you're just like, oh. You're just like, oh, okay. You're willing to root for those guys. So you do watch football. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So that's typically how that goes. So, yes, man, you do want the Browns to do well. And I think it's the same reason everybody jumped on the Jacksonville bandwagon this year because you've been so used to seeing them be crap. Like, yes, man, there you go, Jacksonville. Be good. Well, yeah. So that I wanted to work out for them, but I just – it was it is such it's just such a weird pick, and honestly, the Browns' first two picks were weird. And I I, I want to get to the last quarterback before we completely blow another segment without finishing the segment that was supposed to be two segments ago. But um, God, we might talk about that later in, in the show. The Browns' first two picks, really, the Browns' first two rounds, confu- yes. confusing, very confusing. Um, but the last quarterback taken, and this is the one that I hate the most of all the picks, it's Josh Allen going seventh to the Bills. I feel so bad for Bills fans. I have a lot of friends who are Bills fans, and it's you, you, you missed out on all the free agents, and you got A.J. McCarron. And then you trade up to take what I think is the worst quarterback in the first round in Josh Allen, a guy who couldn't win or complete passes in the Mountain West. And people were saying because of his intangibles – he was the top quarterback in the draft. Some people said that. He couldn't win in the Mountain West at Wyoming. Did you watch the Duck game against that crappy as, Ducks as, defense? He as looked mountain, lost. As, a, as somebody from the Mountain West, man, I don't <laughs> appreciate your disrespect right now. You know, you're, 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 you're he went being, to the worst football school in the Mountain hey, West. Hey, again, you're pushing it right now, Lynch. <laughs> you're pushing it. No, but you're absolutely right. You know, Josh Allen. I, here's a kid I was never sold on. You know, at the beginning of the season, everyone was talking about this kid from Wyoming, and I was like, who? When do we watch Wyoming football? And so it, it's surprising that he went seventh, especially considering that he went before Josh Rosen. You know, Well, it's not surprising if you've been reading all the mock drafts. Some people had him as number one. I don't get it. I, I never got it. I don't, I don't understand. But every year there's some quarterback that we've never, ever heard of, uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, but guess what Carson Wentz did? Win. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, he did FCS now. level, but he won. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's incredibly Josh, But FCS Josh level. Josh Allen didn't. He didn't win. No, and he, he has completion percentage problems in the Mountain West. No, he didn't do anything. But hell, Rosen didn't do a whole lot of winning at, at UCLA either. So no. it's just kind of one of those things, man. So I, I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Like, the, the ceiling for Josh Allen is through the roof, but his bust potential – also through the roof. So See, you do you, you it's really it's literally a crapshoot. I don't think his ceiling is that high. I think Josh Allen's ceiling is the, he, he the lowest of lowest of the five that he, got drafted. He checks, you know, every box. You know, he's got arm strength, his accuracy pretty good. He's got his pretty accuracy's good feet. not good though. I mean, again, when you're in college and not everybody is, you know, even a Des Bryant and like nobody's getting themselves Dude. open, like it's a little bit harder to, to make to make plays. I think once he has some athletes around him, things are a little bit different. I think his ceiling is like a Joe Flacco. Super Bowl Which winner. Is, that's you know, great. I, but but when have you ever been like Joe Flacco has even been in the conversation for the, you yeah. know. When and, people had the is Joe Flacco elite conversation, yeah. that's when we had that talk. It, yeah, and everybody was like, no, we're Usually just having this conversation because he, you know, he had a good run in the playoffs. But I I, I, I agree. I, I mean, he's not a winner. He didn't win it at um, – he he didn't win in Wyoming. Um, his the completion percentage was awful. I think he he did. I think he didn't even break seventy yards passing against the Ducks. And, as, and the Ducks defense is Ducks was defense bad. It, yeah, it's, it was improved, but it wasn't keep the for you know, a guy one of the, who was supposed to be the number one pick in the draft. He barely he was awful in that game. 
it literally the only reason I think was in that that category is because the guy can literally pass the ball 80 yards in the air. And and he's got like the quarterback height and jaw. Yeah, he's he's got the physical intangibles, but guess who else did? Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So and again, like I said, man, he could he could be and credit, he can be Flacco and go to the Super Bowl and, and win some playoff games, or he can be, well, I, I would say Brock Osweiler would also win a Super Bowl and take his team a, a couple of games. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, either way, I, I I think Josh Allen could be good. I don't think he will, though. It was the worst pick of the first round, quarterback-wise. Yeah. And I, I have a bunch of f- friends who are Bills fans for, who went to Syracuse with me, and we were in a little group chat, and, and my one buddy was like, I have no comment. After the draft pick happened, he was so mad. All right. Uh, coming up next, we don't have a lot of time next segment, but I do want to get to this question. It's another quarterback one that came in on the text line. Why did Luke Falk fall all the way to the sixth round? This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 952 here on The Fan. Quick segment, and I want to respond to a text question that we got. So why did Luke Falk fall all the way to the sixth round when he was a guy who was considered potentially third or fourth round material in the lead up to the draft? And I have a very, very simple answer for you. He's a system quarterback. When you see quarterbacks who are system quarterbacks in college. And by by system quarterback, I mean, especially with the air raid style, they run an offense that is air raid where they don't take the ball under center. They have five receivers every single time. They barely run the football. Those quarterbacks tend to struggle when you go to the NFL because nobody in the NFL runs that system. You have to take snaps under center in the NFL you have to be able to read a defense and change lines or plays at the line of scrimmage in all sorts of different fashions. And a lot of the time you have to go through multiple reads and it's not just a first guy open go because there's so many guys out there. Um, we were talking about it in the break. Generally the Houston quarterbacks, I mean, think about case Keenum. He's a guy who maybe is bucking the trend, but at the beginning of his career was a system quarterback and he did not have a lot of success. We're looking up Kevin Cobb was a Houston quarterback. Not have a lot of success. We're talking about the Hawaii quarterbacks, Colt Brennan and uh, Timmy Chang, right? Mm -hmm. Those two guys didn't do anything in the NFL, and they were record-setting quarterbacks in college. If you are a quarterback in a a system like Mike Leach's, did any of Texas Tech's quarterbacks with him there who were really high-number passers do anything in the NFL? I don't remember any. Um, It's really, really hard to make that transition. People are comparing him to Tom Brady. I think it's just because he got drafted in the sixth round. I, honestly, I think that's the only reason why. It's because he's tall. Probably because he's tall. But, I look, I, I would love for Luke Falk to do well. I think it would be a really cool story. But he's drafted into an obvious backup situation behind Marcus Mariota. Um, I mean, I do you trust him more than Matt Castle? Maybe. But it, that's why he got drafted so late. It's because he's, just, he's an air raid guy. And he, he never, never did anything outside yeah. of – be a quarterback in an air raid system. Yeah, that system at Washington State was really set up for him to, you know, to just spread the ball and spread offense, spread the ball out as much as you can and just throw it up and just see what happens. You know, we saw games with Luke Falk would have five touchdowns and, you know, no interceptions and, and things like that. And I just think that's not really 
in the NFL, that doesn't work. You know, everybody's athletic, everybody's fast, and you're not just going to be able to just throw it up and say, go get it. You know, and I think that was a lot of his offense. You got to give his uh, his coach and his his offense, really his receivers, a lot of credit for what he was kind of able to do. But you look at him, and he's somebody that potentially, potentially could be a starter in the league. You know, he's he's a tall dude, you know, relatively uh, good accuracy for the most part, you know, and, and he's good in the pocket. Air raid so, will always increase the accuracy, though. Yes, it compared does. Compared to what the NFL will give you. Yes, it does. But I don't know. He's 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 a he's a smart dude, and so I think smart guys definitely have opportunities to make something out of it. And then he gets to sit behind Mariota for a little bit, and maybe spark a little fire into Mariota's butt because now you got somebody, a young kid, that's right behind you that probably can get the job done. Is he as athletic as Mariota? I mean, absolutely not. But. Uh, we've seen Mariota go down with injury, and this was probably a really good thing for the Titans to have a young kid to come in and kind of take over when when Mariota has a hangnail this time. <laughs> to be honest, anyone's better than Matt Castle, in my opinion, but um, that's just me. A couple of texts in the fan text line. Luke Falk did absolutely nothing against halfway decent defenses. He racked up stats against the horrible Pac-12 defenses. Look at him against the Huskies. Yeah, the Apple Cups. No bueno for Luke Falk against, against UW. Um, I tend to agree with that. That... I don't know if I, I pin, pin that necessarily all on Luke Falk. Uh, Mike Leach seems to have fold in those games, too, in terms of his coaching. But um, this text says Mayfield was similar to Luke Falk, and Falk basically plays the New England offense, but he doesn't. The, the Patriots' offense is not an air raid offense. It's not a system offense. It's, I guess, the closest to that in the NFL, if you want to say that, but it's not. It's got way more layers than that. It's got way more going on than, than what Luke Falk played in. So I I don't know. It's there's a history of that style of quarterback not succeeding. So I'm not surprised that Luke Falk fell to the sixth round. It's just, it's just that simple. No, I'm I'm not really either. Um, like I said, good quarterback, but just considering the ones that we were just talking about in the last two segments, he's just a good quarterback and. I mean, I'm, I think there's some guys taken before him in between there. I don't know. I honestly didn't pay there was a, much attention there after, the first, round, after the first round. Didn't pay much attention to anything. But uh, I don't know. He, he has an opportunity to really uh, put a stamp on Tennessee and what they're able to do. Especially, I think we all know that Mariota's going to, and I'm knocking on wood here, he's going to miss a couple games. Like the way he plays and, unfortunately, the way his body is you know, made up, he's going to miss two or three games every year and possibly more. And I'm knocking on wood as I say that because I don't want Mario to be out. But... You know, it's good to have an insurance policy, basically. I, I like what they did here just because I like um, what they did in the offseason with their coaching staff. They went younger. They got um, a more forward-thinking coach that is probably going to do more what Doug Peterson did and play to the strengths of their quarterbacks. And let's face it, um, Mariota's strengths are more of a modern college day quarterbacking system and that, that's what they just did in Philly, and it worked out great for them. And I, I think the uh, the the longer we go in the NFL, you're going to find these younger coaches coming in and pushing out the older guard, and you're going to start seeing these forward-thinking guys that are going to go, you know what, we we're, these are what the, the football players are doing now coming out of college. This is where the game is going. Yeah, you've got to stop forcing those quarterbacks into an NFL style yep. when not many in college or playing that style anymore. So Falk at the very least fell into a system with a coach that can probably see what his strengths would be, see how that would translate for his team, and at least try to put Falk in a better situation to be like, you're going to go under center 100% of the time. Luke Falk literally took zero snaps under center in his college career. Zero. 
he he never once went under center. So you you'll have a coach that's like, okay, we're gonna have to really spread out our offense if Falk's gonna be the guy. Um, he, he you know at, at the very least until he transitions a couple years in the NFL and gets that footwork down coming out of the uh, out from under center. So uh, his situation's good, but. I would not expect anything out of him other than maybe he comes in and gets a couple of games. Yeah. Or something. All right. We got a break coming up next. Let's get to the ducks that were drafted. There were only two of them. Were they good picks? Are they going to fit in their systems and with their teams? We'll tell you next here on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 